I find it unconscionable and irredeemable that I, Otto Octavius, would be ignored when the time came to ally against the superheroes. What fools would keep the kingpin of crime away? Any chance to kill the persistent pest picking away at my empire, I take. Why was not the Red Skull not alerted? Is the resumption of the Third Reich not sufficiently evil for my inclusion? Relegating Thanos to a footnote is not done. Incredible! General Thunderbolt Ross being kept away! It will not be tolerated! The Silver Samurai holds many grudges. To not let them be kept, it betrays my honor. We have Galactus on our side, too. How can we fail? Wait, something is different about Galactus. Galactus. Gradual approacher of worlds. Well, if I ever run into a world destroyer now, I'll know that all I have to do is bend over and generically sort of exert. New plan, everyone. We're going to Hollywood to kill some screenwriters. <laughs> Mom, are you okay? Mom! Come with me if you want to live. Theorizing that one could travel within their own lifetime, two old RP gamer staff members stepped into the RPG Backtrack Time Accelerator and vanished. They woke to find themselves trapped in the past, playing and talking about computer and console RPGs from the 80s right up to yesteryear, driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. Their only guides on this journey are other staff and players from RPGamer.com who they meet to help record podcasts that only their audience can listen and hear. And so, Phil and Mike find themselves leaping from game to game, striving to put right gaming backlogs gone wrong, and hoping each time that their next recording will be the one that leads them home. Welcome to the RPG Backtrack. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. Welcome to RPG Backtrack. This is episode or podcast or something number 111, After the Apocalypse. I am Phil Willis. It's 110. Is it 110? It says 111 in the notes, Minky. It's 110, Marvel Civil War. Oh, for the did you already delete it? Come on, you couldn't even wait it. Oh, so Alright, 110 silver. I'm too, I'm too efficient. Damn. We're already like ahead. I'm so efficient that I <laughs> I expected the information to already be lodged in your brain. I, I guess so. So RPG, welcome to RPG Bat let's start over. Welcome to RPG Backtrack number 110. Something something Civil War. And uh, I'm Phil Willis and this is The guy who deleted it apparently too early, Mike Mickey. Right, and um, we're here today to talk about some Marvel Ultimate Alliance games, right? Yes, short, short version. There's a good one, and there's a not so good. One. And uh, and we got some guests to help us out with that. Uh, we have Mr. Michael Apps. How are you doing? And we got Mr. Scott Walker. 
Greetings from the darkest timeline. <laughs> there are definitely some weird <laughs> and different timelines in the Marvel Universe. Um, I get the emails from them saying, hey, we've got this new comic out, you need to get that, or we've got this on sale on their Marvel.com store, whatever have you. And I get so confused, just like, where are they at in the timeline? This is so confusing. How do you keep up with it? You, you don't. You don't? You just go with it, yeah. So you just surf with it. It's like Peter Parker's dead right now. Uh, That'll change in a few weeks. Uh, are, they, are they still doing that? They, yeah, wasn't he trapped? He's, in, he's coming back in April. Was it, actually. Wasn't oh, he okay. trapped in Octo's head or something? Wait, Octo was Spider-Man wait. or hold, hold on, which dead Peter Parker are we talking about? Mm, the six one six dead Peter Parker. Um, Seven two four dead Peter Parker is still dead. Okay. Oh, of course. God, who who doesn't know that? Um, you know, you know, it's. Re- oh, there's there's a few dead Peter Parkers. There's a few dead Peter Parkers. You know, it's funny. Is are we counting the clone here? Was that actually a Peter Parker, or was that just? Oh, uh, the clo- one of the clones is alive again. Oh, Jesus. Oh, okay. Um, you know, shows how much I've kept up. He's in Texas. I'll tell you guys, I I kept up with the comics for quite a number of years back in the '80s and '90s. Um, now I just try to sort of keep up with the uh, movies and cartoons. Um, on Netflix, they got the newest Spider-Man cartoon series. I forget exactly what is it. This uh, the ult- Ultimate Spider-Man or something along those lines, where he essentially is working. My condolences. He's essentially working with Shield. <laughs> and he's got Nova and stuff and he's got like a team of Posse with Nova and Iron Fist. It's like, I, I think they're purposely fitting in all these C-rate backup singer heroes because I understand that Netflix is going to be releasing series on Iron Fist and some of these other C-rate. It just seems forced, you know. Um, but it, yeah, it does have its moments, but it's mostly forced and it's totally in different, all different stories, totally different universe and Octavus, so as you mentioned him, he's just creepy now. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just go back and read the original '70s comics. Any? Not, not the original '60s, 60s comics. The '60s to '70s to '80s. Yeah, I've got them all on PDF. I was at a convention um back in 2004, 2005, and they were selling collection of the various superheroes on DVD and PDF format. So I literally got 40 years of Spider-Man from when it started coming out in the '60s all the way up to like 2004 or five, all on no, wait, one DVD. In Ultimate Spider-Man, Gwen Stacy's alive, right? Or yes, is she dead but now? she's also Carnage. Oh, well, jeez. Oh, why not? Okay. Why not? Uh, yeah. How about Uncle Ben? Is he, is he alive somehow in the Ultimate He's version? Venom. No, he's dead. He's Venom. Okay. He's really Venom. He's, he's zombie Venom. <laughs> Um, no, this is just silly. I can't keep. I, I, yeah, I ditched it when when they did that storyline where Parker made a deal with Mephisto or whatever his name was to divorce MJ or get separated from her <laughs> in order to save his hey. Aunt May's life, and she's already like ninety eight and a half. And, and yeah, just nah. That whole story was so ridiculous that that I from that point on I only read Ultimate Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. At that point, you start reading Ultimate. Sure, I like the Ultimate stuff. Mephisto's goal. The the one thing. He he wants more than anything in the world is to end their marriage. End their marriage because it is so it's perfect. so perfect. It is so pure. so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's just an affront to his very existence. And he hates gingers. Yeah. The devil hates gingers. Um. All right. Never well, I have to. I have to hey, take. But, what's that? But we can say this. We will be talking about a version of Galactus much, much better than the one we saw oh, in a movie. I, I keep telling you, Minky, there's nothing wrong with Cloud Galactus. 
You know, I, I don't know why you have it out it's for him. It's just like Cloud Parallax. That was perfect. It was. I mean, he was just a little misunderstood. Mike misunderstood him. But for the most part, he was a cool guy. You just need to get to know him. He looks like a freaking zone eater at FF6. Well, yes, this is true. But ultimately, he's just misunderstood. Except made out of rocks. Right. So um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Unfortunately, I got some things I got to take care of. So I'm going to let uh, Mike and Apps and Mr. Scott go ahead and take this away after we come back. And I'll be back for the final lap. So hold on tight. We got some interesting music for you to listen to. first game is Marvel Ultimate Alliance, an action role-playing game developed for the PlayStation 2, Xbox, PS3, and Xbox 360 by Raven Software, for the PSP and Wii by Vicarious Visions, by Beanox for Windows, and by Barking Lizards Technologies for the Game Boy Advance. This is... How many players does this thing take? It, t- it is both single and multiplayer, up to four, depending upon the console you're using, for... All the platforms I just named. And it's a good game. (laughs) Very good game. It's pretty good. Well, except maybe the Game Boy Advance version. You you can always write off the Game Boy Advance version. (laughs) I can't speak for that, but based on the few screenshots I've seen, we we don't need to bother with it. Let's talk about the big boy. And, well, it definitely plays like the X-Men Legends games. You can tell that from the same developer... And that's a good thing, actually. I well, it was even cell. It was even cell shaded up until like a few months before release. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Like the the early that. trailers had it in in the same the exact same art style as X Men Legends. Weird. I wonder if uh, Raven just had some design limitation that couldn't be brought out in the year development cycle or something. Oh, I'm. Sh- I bet it had something to do with porting it to four machines at once. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it had done that before with X-Men Legends 2. I can't even remember if Raven did the PSP version, but that was a fair number of platforms too. Oh, well. It it looks just fine as is. I didn't have any problems with how it looks. No, it looks fine. Although, who knows if it would look better, self-shaded or not. All right. We've got a story to talk about, and I can give it a shot unless unless either of you feel like you're ready, ready and raring to go for it. You can go ahead because status honestly, story. I thought you just I, walked around and punched guys. I honestly don't you remember got, any of the story. Like it, it was kind of like bad dudes versus dragon ninja. You, you just beat up all the ninjas until you got to the end. But a lot of them are doom bots. Well, yeah, and a lot of them are just random guys who are somehow able to stand up to a punch from Spider Man. 
or Thor. <laughs> anyway, it begins with the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier being attacked by a swarm of Doom bots and whatnot from the Masters of Evil, led by Dr. Doom. And along to you're, si- you're, you're mispronouncing it. It's Dr. Doom! I'm sorry. I will make a point of pr- correctly pronouncing Victor Von Doom's name, henceforth. That's right. Captain America, Spider-Man, Thor, and Wolverine are the initial team to come in and help save the day at the S.H.I.E.L.D., but you know what? They've got a lot of help along the way. And so they've got to beat the crap out of a bunch of Doom bots. (laughs) (laughs) Along with... Right. Well, let's see. Who's the first guy they had to fight? I think it was Winter Soldier, who somehow thinks he can stand up to not just Captain America, but a bunch of other guys. Oh, yeah, and uh, Bullseye. Yeah, he's totally going to stand up to the combined might of that quartet. And well, they get they got to get some of those uh, guys out of the way early, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they like fit- like that fight in Valhalla against Scorpion and Lizard, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 sorting algorithm of evil strength is a little wobbly in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never would have thought Loki would be easier to beat than say um, Blackheart. <laughs> No, or th- Shocker. Yeah, Shocker. <laughs> Shocker, well known for his ability to hurt Thor. Yeah. Um, so let's see. We saved the Shield Hell Carrier after beating the crap out of several minor league supervillains who really shouldn't have been able to put up a fight against these four, but whatever. And then we learn the Masters of Evil have a plot. First step to stopping them, go to Atlantis, where they're doing something against Namur. And and we give a shit about Atlantis this week, I guess. <laughs> well, of course we do, because the Masters of Evil are there, and if we can't go fight them, then we'll never learn what they're trying to do. Yeah, but Namur's still a dick. He is. But well, if you're nice to him and you find the cure for what ails him, then he'll not be such a dick at the end no. of the game, as, as you learn in the epilogue. Well, at least he's not Aquaman. <laughs> There's that. Uh, let's see. So we go to Atlantis. But that's not the end of Chapter 1, and I'm trying to remember what the end of Chapter 1 actually was. And until you I get that... Kraken. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you, you punch a Kraken. That's right. You punch a Kraken. Not much of an unleashing there. And well, then... it's the Mandarin, not Liam Neeson, you know. Right. That's Chapter 2. And then you, after beating the crap out of everything that the Mandarin has to throw at you, you learn that he actually declined the invitation to join the Masters of Evil because he couldn't be the boss, as no one really would when Dr. Doom is in charge. You beat the crap out of him, and then you try to go to Latveria, only you find that it's a fake Latveria, and lucky you, you're, you get a guided tour of Murder World. Thank you, Arcade. Oh, I forgot about that part. Oh, yeah, I, I hope you like all those stupid clowns laughing at you. <laughs> and so after finally wiping the floor with Arcade... And getting flashbacks to that uh, awful Super Nintendo game. Which we will not speak of again. Yes. Uh, let's see, was there anything else? Yes, Chapter 2... You go to hell? Yeah, <laughs> Mephisto's realm, whatever. And you yeah, save you Ghost Rider. Hell. You save Ghost Rider. Oh, and you, you saved Blade in Murder World. He was somehow stuck in a vending machine. 
Oh, and while running around in whatever the final area of Chapter 1 was, and I'll remember eventually, you helped Doctor Strange and he joins you, and Doctor Strange is awesome, so I can handle that. And, yeah, you, then you get to make the choice in Mephisto's realm of saving Jean Grey or saving Nightcrawler, and you can't do both, which is... But really, when it comes down to choosing who lives and who dies, you, 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 you choose Kurt, because Jean will be back next week anyhow. Whoops. Uh... Right, she's the freaking phoenix. She knows how to come back from the dead. She's done it before. I totally picked Jean Grey when we were playing this in multiplayer, and none of my friends were very happy with me. <laughs> Of course, Nightcrawler isn't very happy either. He just whines and says, Why did you say, Why did you save me? You should have saved Jean. (laughs) I love God. I hate God. I don't understand. I will will lead this B team. I will not lead this B team. (laughs) And then, chapter three Valhalla. Let's go run through the various areas of Valhalla and eventually take on Loki. And then we will find out that Dr. Doom's true plot was to steal Odin's powers, which he did. And he's not acting very much like himself because he goes hog wild with those powers and is in danger of causing the very universe to collapse from too much time-space tampering. So the Watcher saves your butt, but gets you out of there. And in order to usurp the power of Odin back to him, you have to get a couple of artifacts, one from the Shi'ar Empire and one from the Skrull homeworld, or which is which happens to be where Galactus is right now. And what do you know? It's just your luck that Deathbird has chosen now to, ta- to try and take over the Shi'ar Empire, so you get to pound the crap out of her. Yay! And you get to help Silver Surfer in a quick-time event fighting Galactus, and of course you get to fight some Skrull because the scroller jerks. And once you do all that, you get to go into Dr. Doom's castle, beat the crap out of everything he's got ready for you, and finally face the dark Fantastic Four with Dr. Do- Doom! There you go. In which you will learn that the Silver Surfer can be beaten by a dark Mr. Fantastic. At least that's what I learned. Yeah. Especially when his three teammates are out doing something else at the time and he gets stuck in a corner and dark Mr. Fantastic just starts wailing on him. Yeah, I think that covers about all the story. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Though I should mention... Where did I put that stupid thing? There's no, also I'm, a bunch of side missions that delve into character backstories a little. Yeah, and they're they're fun for a little bit, but most of them tend to reuse some of the same areas, so you're going to get sick and tired of the stupid shield helicarrier. <laughs> but yeah, it is kind of nice to take Spider-Woman out for a spin and see what she's like solo or see that, yes, Iron Man kicks ass, but you already knew that. Yeah, this actually has a list of playable characters as long as your arm. I think I tried just about everybody once, because everybody gets some some experience while you're going around, so you might as well. And Ghost Rider is good. At least I liked him. Yeah, no, he's he's good. Uh, Daredevil was fine. I didn't use him much, but he was fine when I did use him. Uh, He's not great considering the amount of, like, Hunting, you have unlockable hunting you have to do to unlock him. That's true. Uh, you can't get him until you've found a bunch of Daredevil action figures that are scattered all over the place. Same with Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther's really not worth it. <laughs> he was there. That's all I have to say about him. Uh, let's see. It's all about Deadpool, man. All about Deadpool. You just walk into a room, hold the B button, and then let go after a minute, and everything is dead. <laughs> everything. Good old I like Deadpool. Thor. 
The hammer of Mjolnir does some real damage. Oh, and Deadpool's mission starts with him telling you, The day my father Odin banished me from Asgard, I was bitten by a vampire and had radioactive waste dumped into my eyes. To make matters worse, my mutant ability to control the weather activated just as I was hit by a blast of gamma radiation. I just or like something. That. I just like that. <laughs> no, no, the best thing is whenever he levels up, he says, And now I'm better at doing whatever it is Wolverine does. <laughs> Oh, man, Deadpool is so good. He kicked ass. I can't deny yeah. it. Uh, let's see. Storm was fine. Good crowd control. Um, having, having all the Fantastic Four was fine. I'm trying to remember. Mr. Fantastic nice... was surprisingly good. I would never have thought that just spinning his arms around would be an effective means of taking people down in a flash, but <laughs> it does. And Human Torch might have been even better. I just spammed his fire and boom, things die. Yeah, like every character has one move that you can just spam, and it's awesome. <laughs> An invisible woman, go sue. Here, here's this great fan force field that forces that won't let the enemy move for a while. And you can still punch it while it does damage. Um, what else? Yeah, there's Wolverine. There's Colossus is not in the PS2 version, so I feel gypped because I could not make the X Men. Uh, Hulk is also not in the PS2 version, which sucks. Hulk? That, no. Yeah, Hulk. The, the PS2 kind of got hamstringed a bit. Oh. You even talked to Bruce Banner. I clearly remember this. He's in Chapter 2, and yet no Hulk for me. I'm Steve. I'm so sorry. Um. Well, I don't think you missed Moon Knight much. <laughs> but I so did, man. Without Moon Knight, how will I ever do... Um, Whatever it is Moon Knight does. Come on now, you don't even remember that he existed, did you? Um, I knew he existed because I looked at the character roster. <laughs> I always forget about Moon Knight, and then I randomly come across Moon Knight, and it's just like, oh yeah. Moon Knight, he's a yeah. guy. <laughs> he's a guy. Totally guy. Well, yeah, like he, he's ancient Egyptian Batman. That, that's his deal, if you were wondering. I Actually, think he I led was. the West Coast Avengers for a while, which is like being the Victorian <laughs> of summer school. Spider-Man rocks. Of course. Spider-Man that's, is that's the best. Yeah. Well, I know it's an obvious statement, but the fact that you can grab things in a web and then slam them around with it, that's awesome. And oh, I don't so know tough. how he's able to web-sling in Valhalla or any place that doesn't have a ceiling, but... It's awesome that you can just well, web Clearly, your way he's through. powered by 1960s animation where no, no Fs are given. <laughs> we do not need ceilings because the animator forgot to put them in. Um, and let's see, Wolverine is. Well, he's Wolverine. He stabs the guys. I'm the best at what I do. And Captain America. Well, he rocks. Yeah, he's actually pretty fun to play as. I mean,. For that matter, though, I can't really think of anyone that wasn't really at least partially entertaining. It Silver Surfer is not that fun. That's true. Not, not compared to what I was expecting. You have to finish every optional mission in order to get him, and then once you do get him, yeah, he's Silver Surfer, so he's worth trying, but don't expect him to lay waste to everything in his path with the Power Cosmic, because for some reason he can't in this game. Well, at least they were kind enough to hide away the mediocre characters and let you play all the good ones, I guess. I mean, I mean, that's, yeah, that still like, means he's better than in the NES game. 
Yeah, like they they just put the good guys right on on the front. Like after you finish even the first little section of uh, chapter one, they're like, "Okay, now you can mess around with your roster. Here's about like twenty guys to pick from right away. Go go nuts." Go nuts. <laughs> Yeah, Miss Marvel was fine, but I didn't use her that much because she ended up getting killed real too, way too fast. I never thought she'd have a glass jaw, but I guess it's so. Was Luke Cage in this game? Yes, giant uh, turkey. That's what I thought. Another uh, guy who was good but didn't really stand out for me. Because he didn't use enough <laughs> black flotation <laughs> movie dialogue. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, who else is there? Well, there's always the downloadable characters. Like Which who? you can't get anymore. Like <laughs> True. They've been pulled off the marketplace. Yeah. Oh. So you'd have to go buy, like, the collector's edition re-release, which I don't know if you can find. Uh, I just checked on Amazon, and it goes for, like, 60 bucks. I don't think... So. I don't think a bunch of X-Men characters are worth it. Probably not. No, it's fun beating up the Dark X-Men in Dr. Doom's castle, but I don't know if I need to play as them in this game. Probably not. Man, and as we've covered, the the whole roster that's already there is pretty damn good. I mean, you've got Deadpool, so what, what downloadable character could you conceivably need? Magneto? Hey. Dr. Doom? Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard to make a compelling argument against, you know, just having Deadpool and Storm beat everything up and then having two other characters. Yeah. I liked having Thor, but yeah, Deadpool gets the job done. Good old Deadpool. Nothing beats Deadpool. Well, yeah, he has two guns. And you just hold down the B button and everything dies. I'm not even making this up, people. Like, you can probably find people playthroughs on YouTube where they just walk into boss fights and hold the B button and everything dies. Sounds pretty accurate to me. Yep, Although, the, these are two handguns and they work on everything. Even characters who are explicitly bu- bulletproof. And you can teleport, right? Yeah, but that's yes, just the double jump move. Yes. Like he's got a really good double jump with an interesting animation attached to it. <laughs> Let's see. Ah, yes. The cu- the quick time event boss fights. Oh, God, those were the worst. Uh... Oh, come now. I know you didn't want to actually defeat Arcade's gigantic robot. You wanted to quick time event it to death. <laughs> Not when playing multiplayer. <laughs> Not when playing multiplayer, no. And you didn't want to kill Wymir the Frost Giant by the normal way. You wanted to quick time event him to death. <laughs> See, Raven heard your calls for the quick time events and answered your pleas, especially with Galactus. We don't want to fight him regularly. Actually, he'd kick my ass regularly, so that makes sense. But let's have Silver Surfer quick time event him to death. (laughs) So do you feel like you were missing out, that the Wii gamers were missing out by not having Link and Samus as crossover characters? Yes. Man, Nintendo must have paid good money to get that. It didn't happen, though. Like, that, that was a plan. You were going to have Samus and Link in here. Oh. <sighs> I'm actually, well, that, that would have been a reason to actually buy the Wii version. Wow. Again, I, I'm forced to think that this thing could have stood for another month or so in development if that couldn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I think uh probably could have done that. But, you know, Activision, you know, just going to throw it out there. 
Well, they aren't necessarily the greatest at licensing deals, considering they've given up on most of the Marvel properties they had. Yeah, it's true. Did they publish the Deadpool game? They did publish it. Okay, that would make sense then. So who owns the Marvel publishing rights now if Activision would lapse? Um, they, they kept Spider-Man, at least the Spider-Man movies. I don't know if anyone's turned around and bought them again. Too bad. Yeah, well, I'm sure someone will again. Because this game, despite the QTEs, is really fun. And I say that having played it solo. Yeah. No, it's a really good brawler. Um, it fixes that problem X-Men Legends had where all, all the like mana and health pickups got div- divided evenly. So you didn't have the guy playing Wolverine bogarting everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm all I've always loved the parts in brawlers where you can toss people over the edge and I got to do that on the scroll planet. It was just hilarious to have the Fantastic Four just throw these scroll idiots over the side and watch them die. <laughs> uh the terrain varies nicely. So do the baddies you're fighting. Yeah, I mean, you really can't complain about um, not having varied locations when you go to Valhalla and, like, Atlantis. And space. And space, yes. And hell. Like, it's refreshingly old school. Like, remember remember Double Dragon, where you started out on the streets and then ended in an evil volcano lair? Who <laughs> games used to do this stuff all the time. And so the plot is kind of silly that Doctor Doom would... Doctor Doom would actually be, let himself go so hog wild with Odin's power that he would start to tear over in the universe. So what? All you need is a justification to go out and kick some Shi'ar ass and some scrawl butt, and then go back and beat him up. It works, man. Yeah, you totally earn XP for playing the Marvel Comics trivia game. <laughs> yes, and some of those trivia questions are obvious, and some of them aren't. And you totally get to ask vision questions. And you get to hear the lady in Tony Stark's office say that there's a Miss Bambi and a Miss Heather in the main lobby for you. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, and the boss finals, the ones that aren't QTEs, are actually pretty good too because most of them you actually have to go through several phases and think about what you're doing for a little bit. It's true. When you actually fight Loki for real, there's a trick to it, and I stumbled upon it by accident. <laughs> the only thing that can hurt him is the armor's attack. So how well did that game run on PS2? Ran just fine. Yeah. Well, well there were load times, but you know what? I've, I've become accustomed to that with the Raven stuff. When, once an area loads and the areas are big enough that you can run around in them for half an hour or so, then no more load times. That's not too bad. And I, I like the voice work, even though yeah, Cam, no, just, Cam Clark is Weasel and a couple of other people. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of triple duty going on for these characters, but it, it, it no one no one does a bad job of it. No, everybody sounds like they're kind of having fun, which is exactly what they should be doing for this. Yeah. Again, though, we probably can't say anything about the GBA version. That probably stinks. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it it seems to be. Trending in the 40s on Metacritic. Ooh. Oh, and Mephisto actually gave me a good fight. I was down to one person before I finally beat the guy. Frickin' Fisto. Um, yeah, this, this doesn't seem to get talked about much anymore, but for anybody who likes Marvel and feels like 
I want to beat the crap out of a bunch of enemies using a ton of Marvel characters. Go for it. It's a fun game. Oh, and Elektra is in it. We didn't mention Elektra. Yeah, that's because she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with Frank Miller often, but no, she's dead. <laughs> Obviously, we're in an alternate reality or something. <laughs> she's a scroll. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, the scroll are getting pretty good at that. Oh, the scroll. Yeah, doesn't that seem just a little silly to call the planet Scroll and the people who live on the planet Scroll and to name one of your warriors Super Scroll? Been unimaginative. Jack, Jack Kirby was not good at naming things or drawing feet, <laughs> but he made up for that by being Jack freaking Kirby. <laughs> it's true. And now we're kind of stuck with Scroll, Scroll, Scroll. It's like Merkelar. And, and I liked the ending where all those optional tasks you did throughout the game come back and, well... Yeah, they give you the Fallout ending. <laughs> yes. Because you did... Uh, I forget exactly... Oh, right. Because you got the, the part from Galactus's technology, Reed Richards was able to, for, to create a device that would stop Thanos when he attacked later. Why he didn't use it for Doctor Doom is anyone's guess, but he's Reed Richards, so he can invent anything. We know that. Um, and yes, the X-Man you let die, that will come back to haunt you in some way. I think, um, saving Jean Grey came back to haunt me in some way. I forget what it was. Apparently, Mystique will come along and kill Professor X in vengeance for her dead son. Oh. Whereas if you save Kurt, then Jean Grey will come back as the Phoenix and run rampant over Earth. So, I chose wisely? The needs of the many outweigh the, f- the needs of the few or the one. Yep. And, oh yes, if you save Senator Kelly in Murder World, then he will magically grow a conscience and start helping mutants. It was that simple. Huh. But and then you, who will be the designated dick senator? Well, the game isn't canon, so we can easily get around that. I mean, that there's one dick senator and there's one good senator. One of whom is an obvious stand-in for Stan Lee. But never mind. <laughs> and, oh yes, if you save Lilandra on the Shi'ar warship, which is actually kind of challenging because uh, you're under a strict time limit and to beat the crap out of the thing holding her takes a while. But if you do it, then she will think highly of humans forevermore. But if you didn't, then I guess uh, the she Shi'ar won't like highly you. Of you. Yeah, I saved her, so I don't know what happens if you don't. And if you... If you break Galactus's tech that's about to destroy the Skrull homeworld, then they'll think better of humans in the future because you saved them, which seems a little out of character, but fine. Even more good vibes coming our way. And yes, you stole something from Galactus, and he's not happy. In a sequel tease that will not be fulfilled in the slightest. (laughs) No, no, unfortunately. Different direction. Yeah, I, I can't help but wonder why Raven was kicked off of this series and why it took three whole years for the next one to come out. Uh, I'm trying to remember why Raven... Raven has had a lot of issues over the years. I can't remember all of them. Uh, They've had a lot of problems with layoffs. They they just can't manage to... They can't keep the money flowing well enough. Unfortunate. Oh yeah, that well after this they followed it up with the X the Wolverine game that was the tie into the first Wolverine movie that was actually better than the movie. 
and Wolfenstein 2009, which is probably what kind of hit that. That was probably the one that hurt them. And then Singularity, which was worse. And now they just do bits and pieces of Call of Duty games. Oh, that's that's when you know you've really been demoted. Yeah, how much effort does it really take? Yeah, just DLC mail for Call of Duty. Design those maps, Raven guys. I'm sorry for you, Raven. You deserve better. Oh, a lot better. Well, I guess we're beating around the bush. It's time to talk about Marvel Ultimate Alliance Two. Electric Boogaloo. Don't we wish? That no, may have if, been if, much if you better. not offer a subtitle for a thing with two in it, the subtitle becomes Electric Boogaloo by default. Wikipedia says its subtitle was originally Fusion, and that was dropped for some reason. Why was it Fusion? I have no idea. <laughs> Released okay. September 15th, 2009 on the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 3, the Wii, the PlayStation 2. The DS and the PSP, developed by alternately Endspace, Vicarious Visions, and Savage Entertainment. This is an action RPG in the single and multiplayer veins for all of the above-mentioned platforms. And the three years between games were not used in the best way possible, I'm afraid. I think there's only like half the playable characters. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, let's start with the story first, because this one unlike all the Raven stuff, actually attempts to adapt a comic storyline. And a recent one, too. Yeah, except at the end, where it decides that it's going to take its own better way out of the material than use what the comic did. So we have Nick Fury calling in a strike to Latveria, a strike that it turns out is unauthorized and is used by the new ruler of Latveria to justify a counterattack against the United States, and which prompts the Superhuman Registration Act in Congress which might not have passed unless some superhuman went crazy on a reality show and blew up a a suburb in New England somewhere and killed hundreds of people, and bam, it's time for superhuman registration, and the heroes take sides. An event that was supposed to be kind of balanced but slowly turned into Iron Man is a straw man for the Republican Party, and it's not very good by the end. And no. set a very bad precedent for Marvel editorial, so that every summer you would have a whole bunch of books where this, all the heroes punch each other for some dumb reason, and then stop for an equally dumb reason. Well, there's that, yeah. And then there's the fact that if you're going to adapt to adapt the comic storyline, you might as well adapt it instead of just throwing in the basic idea and then leaving most of the rest on the cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's take Spider-Man, for example. I remember his storyline in Civil War being more than simply, I will join whichever side the player chooses without saying anything. <laughs> well, that, that, that's the problem of trying to do the adaptation and also account for player preference across the choice. Although I gotta love Deadpool's response to choosing sides. It's like, don't worry, we'll try the other one in another playthrough. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that save point. Yeah, I think he's also constantly saying, "Level up! I'm even I'm even better at whatever it is I do." In this one, yeah. Except this time they've replaced Michelangelo from Ninja Turtles with Nolan North, who is, I guess, now the official voice actor for Deadpool. Hmm. Um. So yeah, you, Iron Man, Miss Marvel, and Mister Fantastic. Those are the three characters who will be on the pro registration side, and Captain America. Um. Who are, the, who are the other two who are guaranteed to be on the anti-registration side? I can't remember right now. 
and everybody else just blindly goes along. Yeah, they they just go with whatever the player says. Like the Fantastic Four, they, they were totally well. The game says absolutely nothing about why Mister Fantastic is on one side and Sue, Johnny, and the Thing are on the other. <laughs> that would have meant actually mentioning the Illuminati. Too much effort. Too much effort. Uh, and then once you once you get to a certain point, which is where in the comic Captain America, after having instigated a gigantic riot that probably killed hundreds of people and issued in billions of dollars in property damage, accepts being arrested because he's being arrested as Steve Rogers, not as Captain America. Um, instead, we learn that all those super villains that Iron Man has been putting into the negative into the Phantom Zone. What was it? It's the negative zone. Negative zone. In, okay. In Marvel, but it's the same idea. <laughs> <laughs> With nanites supposedly regulating what they do, um, those nanites form a sentient being called the Fold that decides to try and overtake the entire planet Earth, which I don't remember from the comic, probably because it wasn't in there. Yeah. <laughs> and that leads to your final battle, which is really boring. <laughs> Yeah, now I, I have to ask because I did play the PS2 version, which is a little different than the the other versions. Uh, your final battle was against Nick Fury with a bunch of fold things constantly trying to get in your face and spawning QTEs, right? Yeah, it was it was giant Nick Fury and a bunch of mooks. Yeah. Yep. Did you have a fight with first Quicksilver and then Magneto? I don't remember there being any X Men ver- X Men characters in uh, the uh, console version. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, and from studying a little bit, apparently the Wii version, lucky you, gets a little Wiimote action, because you really wanted that in this kind of game. Well, it's on the Wii, so you have to flail about like a spastic case at least twice an hour. It's not doing it right. Well, clearly. I mean, if you don't make me use the Wiimote to spin a lever around, then what the hell else am I going to use it for? But on PS2, I just get to use the analog stick, which seems even more pointless. Well, come on. Mashing buttons to do things instead of just hitting it once or having it happen on its own is totally gameplay. It's awesome. <laughs> you are so right. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Activision. They know, what, they know what's what. Damn straight. Um, okay, so let's run through the characters. Spider-Man is not as good in this game as he was in Ultimate Alliance 1. Sad to say. Miss Marvel is better, though. That I would agree with. She's a powerhouse. Um, there's no Doctor Strange, which is a shame because Doctor Strange was really good in the first one, I thought. His, his commands of the mystic arts were really powerful. But I did get to play Hulk in this one. Yay, finally. Yay, finally. Hulking out. Yeah. And I got to see the to my to the incredible shame of the Hulk forevermore. He was beaten by Wakandan rebels. Oh, <laughs> and this was after it, he takes a few hits and he goes into a rage mode where he starts actually breaking the floor when he slams things. But apparently, it wasn't enough. He just wasn't very angry that day. And the PS2 version, I have to say, this thing is really glitchy in spots. It, the frame rate drops to a horribly low level in spots, and they're slow down, and the load times are stupidly long. Yeah. Who even developed it for PS2? N-Space. Oh. And this this was a, actually a brand new engine um, created by Vicarious Visions that I think only got used in a few things. 
none of them were particularly um, PS2 friendly. Mm. So probably not not even N-Space's fault. Yeah. I remember during the opening Latveria attack mission, there's there's a spot where you take control of a cannon and have to clear the way for Nick Fury and Captain America by shooting at See? things. Turret sections. Everyone loves those. Oh, yeah. Just what we want in a brawling RPG type thing. And it frankly doesn't control as well as it should, so that the, the, the outcome is genuinely in doubt. Are you going to be able to tilt the turret in exactly the right directions you need to kill everything? <laughs> Which is an entirely new way of introducing challenge. And I'm sure that played with the Wii mode on the Wii. Lucky everybody who played it on Wii. Uh, uh, probably not very many people. Let's be honest. Hey, but this is the first time Stan Lee has been in a video game. I don't think he was in this version. You you got to experience him. I don't think I did. Senator Lieberson? Or Lieber? No, he wasn't in this game. In no. that version. Well, you missed out on Stan Lee voicing, Damn <laughs> voicing it. a senator you have to play escort mission with. Didn't, well, then, didn't Stan Lee do voice work in an earlier Spider-Man game? Yeah, he was, he was kind of like a narrator in I yeah. think Spider-Man 3. But well, that was about it. No, not not Spider Man Three. It was um, the first Shattered Spider-Man. Dimension. Shatter. No, no, it was Shattered no. Dimensions. Earlier than that. Talking no, because like Bruce Campbell. On, there's a Spider Man on like PS One Dreamcast that, oh, that Stanley did it. narration for. Yeah. And that was a better game than this one. It was okay. There's this fun thing you can do where you can do like combo attacks. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I mean, fastball special all the time. Yes. Let me think. Did I have Colossus in this version? Well, you can do it with any, like, of the, air quotes, super strong characters. They can just grab Wolverine and throw him. Like, I wish I'd tried it with Hulk now. Yeah, Hulk, Hulk can do it. Miss um, Marvel can do it? Miss Marvel can do it. Uh, who else? Iron Man, maybe? Not Iron Man. Um, the Thing can, and I think maybe Venom. Oh, Luke Cage, also. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Well, let's see. Oh, yes, and we mustn't forget Songbird, one of the more memorable characters in the Marvel library. Hey, I liked that original run of Thunderbolts. <laughs> Which I really should read, because then I will remember who Songbird is. Who is Songbird? She was a C-grade baddie from... What What was it? I, I don't even remember who her whose rogues gallery she was in. Possibly S.H.I.E.L.D. or Captain America, that sort of family. And then she reformed and started fighting evil. She at least looks visually distinct in this game. She's got a plume of uh, energy wings, and her attacks are pretty good. No, it's actually just a reskin of Phoenix. Look at the costume <laughs> again, dude. <laughs> well, that, I was playing it on a TV that had horrible color. That probably explains it. Uh, let's. Oh, yes, and... Venom is, well, he spawns an interesting line from Nick Fury, who is with you no matter when you recruit Venom, even if this is after the point when Nick Fury has been taken over by the fold, saying uh, something like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but would you, will you help us, Venom? Bearing in mind this is the Mac Gargan Venom, so even more of a dick than Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> and Venom just goes along, we get, we get to smash and kill things, good. Oh, and of course, Green Goblin. Everybody's idea of a hero. Good old Green Goblin. Who's actually pretty good, because he just tosses bombs all over the freaking place. 
and he pulls his glider out of nowhere when you need him to fly. <laughs> he, he just does it. Well, no yeah. need to explain anything. Nothing has to make sense. I'll just say that Norman Osborn invests in really good tech. That's all we need to say. Um, Oscorp, man. They can do anything. Damn straight. Let's see. So you get Storm, you get Thor as unlockable characters. Really hard to unlock characters. Yeah, the requirements are kind of hard to meet in this one. Who else? Yes, you can get Jean Grey. Never mind that the X-Men were neutral. If you do them a favor in this game, they'll join you. Um, and you said Cable is in the version that I did not play, so how is he? Uh, he's Cable. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, they didn't even, like, try and have fun with it. Like, they didn't do any special dialogue if you team them up with Deadpool. Nothing. Terrible. Like, they, they kind of wasted an opportunity there. Well, that's, that's speaking for the game as a whole right there. Um, let's see, the thing is unlockable. Yeah, as I recall, I had to beat up a bunch of people and then kick the crap out of the lizard, of all people, with the thing. <laughs> um, see, again, I played the version without as many characters, which makes it harder to comment, but, you know what, hell. I have this freaking wiki thing right here. Yeah, Hulk, poor... Oh, Gambit, that's right. Who acts exactly as you would expect from Gambit. He just throws explosive things all over the place. Have you seen, um, oh, I forget the name of the sketch comic, the sketch comic, but he did a whole bunch of like X-Men performance reviews where Charles Xavier like fires a bunch of people. Uh-uh. The one with Gambit's pretty good. It's like, I, I, I have cards. I could throw them and they explode. So you're, you're going to throw playing cards. That That's your big plan. <laughs> There's only 52 of those. <laughs> well, it, I, if I could throw my lunch, I had Giro today. I could throw it. <laughs> And that would work against enemies? Probably not. I mean, it's sloppy. <laughs> but I have a staff. I can use that. That's a good backup. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see here. Oh, yes. If I cared to replay the game, I could do Nanite Nick Fury. I'm sure he would be great. I'm sure he <laughs> plays completely different. <laughs> Especially when the game establishes that he played, he just has everyone's powers. His powers having lots of powers. <laughs> oh yes, Daredevil is in this one too. I don't remember using him at all. Yeah. Well, I think it was actually I. I think it was actually Danny Rand was the gimmick because it was Civil War, or not? Was it Dan? I can't remember right now. And looking through this list of names, I see several bosses that I did not fight, like Firestar. That's probably because you had to do both sides of it to see everything. That's in the common bosses section, though. Hmm. I do remember fighting Absorbing Man, which was surprisingly easy. Honestly, all of it was surprisingly easy, except for the Quicksilver Magneto fight, because Magneto puts hmm. up his stupid shield, and the only way to break it is to use that combo attack from all the, everybody on the team. Yeah, that's only in the PS2 and Wii version. I see here some of the bosses were exclusive to different versions. Like, uh, we did not have to fight Lizard on the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions, apparently. No, I got to fight him to get Thing. But even then, Ah. even that was not a mandatory fight. And it was kind of impressive to see the Thing kick the crap out of, what was it, a couple dozen generic goons running around at the same time as the Lizard was attacking him. (laughs) And I will say that the fight against Lucia Von Bardis was kind of interesting because you have to 
actually not fight her so much as just avoid her and blow up the bomb that she's attempting to ignite or else uh, you lose. Oh, let's see. Wait, I did not fight Lady Deathstrike. She's apparently in the PS3 and 360 version. Uh, you were you didn't miss much on that. Frankly, I'm not surprised. There's there's almost no dialogue in this game except for the the occasional animated story sequence. This felt like I don't know, maybe they did do a full read up, rewrite on this trying to cash in on the Civil War towards the end because it feels really rushed despite the three-year lead time. Yeah. Yeah. There's barely any... Well, except for those animated sequences, which do look kind of nice, I'll give it that. But I remember just about all the story sequences in Ultimate Alliance 1 were voiced, and here they're generally not. Just a couple lines of di- of text, and then, bam, here you go. Go do something. I wonder if the specific Marvel license they had for this was going to run out, and they had to just rush this out the door, or something like that. Because I do, I do remember the DLC kind of disappeared for this game relatively quick. Yeah, I that, that Activision's deal was not as firm at the time. I'm not sure if that changed. And some of that may have had to do with the Disney acquisition. Yeah, well, that was right around this time, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, well I, I, can pr- I did like the music. It's very movie score-ish, but I kind of like that feel. So go Trevor Morris, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not really bad or anything. It's just uh, not quite as good as the other games. And, you know, maybe if this developer had had a chance to do more of these, they could have done better, but sadly, we will not know. No, and I can't even come out and say that it's not quite as good. I would say it's significantly worse because of all the technical glitches I ran into. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right, the PS2 version. Look, I don't necessarily mind slowdown, but when you've taken the frame rate so low that I actually can't follow the action because it's happening so chunkily, then I have to get on your case about it. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I actually played a little bit of the PS- PSP version of this, which was uh, very, very poor, so it's probably about the same as the PS2 version. Apparently, Juggernaut was a character on some version. I, I think you had to buy him. Oh, or well, pre-order then he's long it. Gone I'm not, now. Yeah, he. Yeah, he was. He was a pre-order bonus. He's done. You can't get him. No. Nope. How about Carnage? Is he gone? He's gone. Yeah. Cyclops, I did get in the PS2 version. Why would you want him? It was a. It was a bonus <laughs> mission. <laughs> I was just going yeah, through it's... the bonus missions, and I figured, here, let's try it, and it was easy enough that I got him. And then, well, look, it's Cyclops. He does what he does. I tried him for five minutes, got to another save point, took him out, and never tried it again. <laughs> and I also got Psylocke, who, well, she's Psylocke. She did exactly what I expected, and she was good enough that I used her a lot. And apparently Sentry was in one of these versions. I think I think you had to buy him, too. Wait, no, you didn't have to buy him. Oh, he was on the DS. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh. Yeah. Uh. That's terrible. Let us not speak of that version. Well. Yeah, no. I'd, I'd go back for the first one, but playing the second one with just... It, it felt like the cheaper version of the first one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm struggling to come up with something memorable about it. I guess now you could take you could take weapons from enemies in the first one. We forgot to mention that that somehow <laughs> There's like a whole equipment system. <laughs> if yep. Thor picks up an iron bar, he will do more damage with it than with the hammer of Mjolnir. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's brawler rules. The lead pipe you find on the ground is the deadliest thing ever. This is true. It's just how it works, man. Yeah. Brawler rules supersede everything. I'm trying to remember. Like, I mean, if it's a fight between Thor and Kazuma Kiryu with a bicycle, I'm betting on Kazuma. (laughs) Hey, bicycles are well known for how sturdy they are when used as blunt objects. Um, memorable fights. I I just mentioned the two most memorable fights in the whole game for me. For being lame and kind of jittery. The final boss was not memorable. Uh, there was a good bit with uh, whatever Ant Man was, whatever name Ant Man was going by that week. I think it was Goliath. Oh yeah, when like he was big and he would slam his arms down. It was like an old school arcade fight. Yeah, and you have to switch between different areas and throw something at him when you when you had the opportunity. Yeah, it was kind of repetitive, but just that setup was like ah, I remember doing this. <laughs> this would probably cost me a lot of quarters. <laughs> yeah, the, I know the the RPG parts of the of the first one weren't exactly extensive, but they're even less than this. Yeah, well, yeah. you got to play around with, like, perks and upgrading your your powers. There was something. Yeah. There, there was gear to be had. Here, in this second one, you just, here, you get some medals, and you use them to give the whole team effects, and, uh, yeah, that's it. And you even get new medals that supersede the older medals, because these ones are better, and it, it just automatically equips them for you, because you don't need to think about that. Hmm. <laughs> See, I'm struggling so hard to come up with something else to say about this. Uh, the the it had a good enemy variety. I'll give it that. It had Deadpool again, and heck, nothing beats Deadpool. Well, how did it look for you? I mean, we might as well touch on the visual aspect. It, I think it looked worse than the first yeah. one. Yeah, like the, the, it, there was almost this plasticky sheen to everything. And the environments weren't very good. No, it's not a lot of concrete. Like, yeah, not like Valhalla and whatnot. Not as interesting. Yeah, I'm ch- uh, the Latvian castle looked okay, and then I realized, oh boy, all this this facility Tony Stark built in the negative zone looks remarkably similar, at least in the floor aspect, to the Latvian castle, and. Then I get to go through a lava cave fighting the fold because those are – well, lava caves are new and interesting and nobody's ever seen those before. You've got to have a lava level. you got to. It's just – it is video game law. And and yeah, then you go to Wakanda and – oh, yes, there was something else in the PS2 version that really pissed me off. There were a couple points when the game just did not load the next objective. So I was stuck. I had to go back to the last save. Dang. So yeah, be prepared for that if you play the PS2 Wii version, that it, you really need to have an alternate save in case you get stuck somewhere. Yeah, no, don't like it. How much does this one sell for? Too much? Well, I'm going to eBay it right now. Sounds like a good idea. 
I'm kind of curious about which versions go for what. Uh, Ultimate Alliance 2, $36. Which version? PS3. Is that including everything you can possibly get? Is it the bare disc? What the hell is it? Like, it, it is everything. I don't know if it's new. It seems to be open. Yeah, it, it, it's a used copy in good condition. Um, wow. Oh, the PS2 version is $7. <laughs> and, and a ripoff at half that price. <laughs> Meanwhile, you can get ult- the original Ultimate Alliance for 360 with Forza 2, which is equally good, for about $6.50. That's, that's a pretty damn good deal. How much is the DS version going for? Inquiring minds. Bucks. Wow. Well, you never know. Maybe it's so completely unlike the console versions that it's interesting on its own. But you know what? I'm not going to play it to find out. How much is the 360 version? Uh, 36. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Who are these people who are hoarding copies to drive up the price? I don't know. Either way, first one and Forza 2, what can, you can't go wrong with that. No, hopefully that deal is still around by the time we get this up. <laughs> but even if it isn't, something similar will doubtless be out there, because Ultimate Alliance 1, uh, that is easily worth the price by itself, let alone Forza 2 in there. Yeah, I've seen it for pretty cheap in a lot of oh, places. Oh, and I guess so I, I should know. mention, for the sake of completeness, the Wii version, it goes for about 20 <laughs> Yeah. Yippee for everyone who wants to play it on the Wii. Well, you, I mean, all two of you got to have your motion controls. Well, yeah, you, there's a sequence when you need to get three gears of some kind in alignment, and you can either do that with the analog stick on the PS2, or you can do it with the Wii mode. Which would you prefer, honestly? <laughs> well, do we have anything else to say about it? I got nothing, Mr. Apps. Play, play the first one. And play it twice. Legend one, two. Yeah, play it twice. Yeah, don't you get somebody upon? Don't you get Nick Fury after beating it once? And I'm sure he's absolutely worth be- going through the whole game just with him again. But whatever, it's something else. I don't know. It wasn't Sam Jackson, Nick Fury. Clearly, the inferior <laughs> version. It's true. Let's see. 2006. I think he first showed up as Nick Fury in 2008, didn't he? Yes, but. Sam Jackson Nick Fury had been the ultimate comics version of Nick Fury yeah. for a few years already. Okay. Yeah, like when they when they chose Sam Jackson for Nick Fury, it was basically like, oh, so they're going with the ultimate version, which is the role he was born to play. Pretty much. I have absolutely no problem accepting Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. I guess on this somewhat melancholy note we end the main event this time (laughs) if only we could have gotten another really good ultimate alliance but we got x-men destiny Uh, why why would you bring that up (laughs) for Uh, completionism reasons (laughs) because if we just let it seep into the fall into the memory cracks of the world then it might be thought of more highly than it deserves to. <laughs> was there even a plan for an Ultimate Alliance 3? Or was it... Uh, there was. Question. I've never heard of one. I don't think so. 
I mean, poor Raven is out of the picture by this point. That would involve bringing vicarious visions back or handing out to somebody else. And given Activision's current state of affairs, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Too busy making Call of Duty and Skylanders. Well, what else do you have to make? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, suppose they could make a machine that prints money, but that's a little redundant for them. I mean, when you own World of Warcraft... Skylanders and Call of Duty. Um, sadly, you don't really have to put in much effort. Well, now that we ba- have we bashed Activision enough, let's do it some more. I don't. I don't think so. But that's that's like a black hole that we probably don't want to dive into. No, people probably wanted to hear about the good times you can have with Ultimate Alliance One, and not about the the morass that Activision becomes. Yeah. Just go pick up a cheap copy of the first one and let the good times roll. Get a friend or two. Blow some stuff up, punch some guys, throw barrels at Hydra agents. Good times. Yes, the explosive barrels are really powerful this time around. Again, it's brawler logic. It's true. Well, they weren't very powerful in the X-Men Legends games, which is why I noticed. And on that bombshell, music. (laughs) semi-constant tradition of the blast from the recent past, talking about some games that came out roughly around this time two years ago. Number one this time is The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. I understand you know about this game, right Scott? Yeah, um, you know that there's this guy and he took an arrow to the knee and it's a tragic story about how he uh, slowly (laughs) succumbs to mundane life and occasionally sees dragons but doesn't do anything about them. That's not his job anymore. 
that story sounds like a very deep moving indie game. <laughs> Everybody who's ever taken a shot to the knee can empathize with that guy. Well, that that summed it all up, I guess. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, it's Skyrim. Everyone has had has said what they needed to say about it. I have not. Then say PS3 your version. say, good sir. The PS3 version was really buggy, and it took forever then for them to fix it. And that's all I have to say. Okay. I'm still mad. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> Bad Bethesda. Bad. <laughs> now, Mr. Apps, I understand there's this game called Dark Souls, with which you are slightly familiar. Is this correct? I may have dabbled in it. True. A few times. Well, please, say on to the audience, what is it that tempts you to keep going back to get killed again and again? Well, you know, ignoring for a second the somewhat exaggerated difficulty or somewhat exaggerated uh, uh, kind of aura of difficulty for the game, it kind of uh, takes the fantastic combat from Demon's Souls and instead of putting you through basically like little stages uh you're in like a metroidvania type world uh that is a heck of a lot of fun to explore the combat is still as entertaining as it ever was and uh it's just really addicting there's a ton of different weapons to use uh the game gets harder when you beat it you're sent back to the beginning uh, with increased difficulty so you if you really enjoy the game, you can keep playing it, and it gets a lot harder. So, Now, when you say Metroidvania, all the yes. games I can think of like that are in 2D. So how does it work? It's true. Uh, it's just the same kind of interconnected world. Like, um, if you think of, say, like Super Metroid, you kind of have these distinct areas that are connected in different ways. Um, I'm having a brain failure and can't remember any of the names in Metroid right now, but, you know, it's not just like a series of stages. There's They all connect. There, there's a hub. Yes. And then you go out from the hub, and then you come back. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's a lot of different shortcuts in Dark Souls world. Uh, there's some secret areas, lots of secret items and weapons and stuff to discover. Um, not really so much on one aspect of Metroidvania is where, you know, you'll get like a new tool and then that'll let you go back and get to new areas. More just like the interconnected world. So, um, yeah, um, not much in the way of story, which is okay for this kind of game. Uh, I, I have never played a Castlevania for the story. <clears throat> it's true. And actually a lot of people compare this to what kind of what they would want a 3D Castlevania to be like, which... Um, may one day happen, maybe. Yes, but... Well, uh, we've got how many 3D Castlevanias now? And none of them four? are really memorable? Yeah. Are we counting uh, the N64 ones? Yeah. Okay. Preferably not. I, that game uh, has defenders, uh, and I... I had a. I almost started a conversation with this guy, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Each of the three. Because this guy, because this guy clearly is not prepared to ha- actually talk about this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, all the three against other defenders. Like, I'm a defender of the uh, most recent one, even though it definitely has a ton of issues. But, yeah, uh, Dark Souls is definitely a great template that they can make an awesome 3D Castlevania from, uh, which probably have to be a little more action-y with maybe some more platforming. But, yeah. But as it stands, Dark Souls on its own is just a extremely fun RPG. Um and it's, I'd say it's kind of like an old school gamers type of game. Like, I mean, if you look out there, there's like speed runs, people trying to, uh, you know, get through the game with the least equipment possible, things like that. It's, it's got like the same addictive properties that like Super Metroid and those kinds of games have that people like obsess over. So, um, yeah, hopefully the sequel is the same. Yeah, instead of going from Demon Souls to Dark Souls to, I don't know, Dastardly Souls, this is going to be Dark Souls 2. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, it from what I've seen, it looks pretty good, but it's a different director, and, you know, you never know how those things can go. But, uh, yeah, Dark Souls is really good. There is one boss that's really kind of stupid, which is kind of the only real huge blemish in the game, other than, you know, your occasional glitch and whatnot, but, you know... Stupid as in it's really easy to beat, or stupid Stupid, as in... Stupid as in it's just a really stupid boss, like, um... What, like he's sitting there picking his nose and scrawling in the dirt, and you're allowed to beat the crap out of him? Most most of the bosses in this game require you to actually fight them. So, you know, you use the skills you've learned in your game, blocking, parrying, dodging, you know, using spells and weapons and all that. This boss fight requires you to run over and hack a magic branch and then run over to the other side, where now the floor will become crumbling, hack another magic branch, and then you have to leap over to where the main part of this is like a giant evil tree thing is, you know, where previously there'd be no, there had been nothing in the game where you actually requ- required to jump. Um, so you have to jump over this little ledge and then run into the heart of this tree and hack its heart and it just dies. So once you know how to do it, it's really easy, but it can be insanely frustrating before you do. So it's, uh, not very well designed. Uh, but, like I said, once you know how to do it, at least it's kind of just it's just there. But, okay. you know, ov- overall, just kind of a minor blemish and an overall fantastic package. Uh, and that's not even talking about the multiplayer, which... Uh, how long like, will de- that go? I know the Demon's Souls multi- uh, online function is... Is it gone yet, or is it about to go? No, um... I'm not sure exactly what happened, but it got to the point where I don't know if somebody gave Atlas money or something, but that that server is still running. And I, don't I, think, I think when it got when Sony decided it was a greatest hits, yeah, they fronted the money to keep a server going. Yeah, so I mean that's as far as I know that's still going, and that eventually ended up on PSN, so that probably helped the cause to keep it going as well. So. Yeah, that's still going, and I I don't I wouldn't worry about the first Dark Souls since that also ended up as a greatest hits title, and, and that sold even better. And it's Namco who, although I think some 
RP gamers have a bad opinion of Namco. I don't think they there's they're gonna pull the Dark Souls ser- server anytime in the near what, future. Just the people who think that every Tales game ever needs to come out here right now. Uh, I probably shouldn't say anything on yeah, that. Yeah, let's let's hold off on that. <laughs> you know, what, let, let's redirect this and talk about all the giant robot games we don't get. <laughs> That's well, a long that? show, Scott. I isn't know. That, isn't that due to a bunch of licensing licensing issues, though? In the some Super of them Robot Wars case, yes. Issues. Some of them are North American fe- mech fans don't actually buy anything because uh. they're too busy saving up for perfect grades. An extremely unfortunate fact that, yeah. It, how about we talk There's, about Dungeon there, Defenders instead? Okay. Uh, this is, bef- before you do, I should just say that you should read my fine review of Dark Souls, and which I wish I, having played it more after I did the review, wish I had waited to do the review, because after those playthroughs, I would have given it the perfect score. Well, you can the always write your own score. second opinion now. I could, but that would just be kind of weird. <laughs> I'm about to do it. <laughs> all right, I may do that. All right, on to Dungeon all you ha- Defenders. All you have to do is say that you have a split personality. <laughs> well, I get to do it by virtue of the fact that I'm the one reviewing the Wii U version of Deus Ex 3. Um, well, at least that has additions. At least you're not just reviewing the same game because you played it some more and were like, oh, well, you know what? I never Better. should have marked this. <laughs> I never should have marked this down a half score. Dungeon Defenders. This one's actually a fun little meld of uh, tower defense and action RPG with co-op fun times. Um, you pick a class that gets their own specialized uh, traps for the tower defensing, and you have to defend this crystal in the middle of a room, and there's dudes. So you get all sorts of cool traps, and then you can wade in and punch guys at the same time. I own two copies somehow. <laughs> you had me this at is, punch guys. I I keep buying humble bundles that are somewhat redundant. I'm sure the developers don't mind. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, sure the publishers. That, yeah, the publisher probably doesn't mind at all that I have two copies of Dungeon Defenders. <laughs> but no, it's really good. Uh, like if if you are remotely interested in tower defense, this is a nice uh, shake up to the formula. Uh, it's a good couch co-op game to try out if you've got friends over. Sounds like plenty of praise to me, actually. Like, there's not much story, but it's you know, it's it's a fun set of levels. I guess that leaves Salada Robo, Red the Hunter. It's about a dog who has a giant robot and he throws things. Best game ever. You can stop there. I mean, well, I can say that initial impressions that it is a very short game are wrong. This is a game with a second they half. They take out the credits. They, they give you the credits halfway through. <laughs> and here you go. Here, here are the other ten chapters of the game after those credits. Just messing with you. And oh yes, the dog and his friends speak French with a Japanese accent. Good luck understanding it. Yeah, good luck with the voiceover sections. <laughs> I mean, it's it's sort of a tie into the Tail Concerto games, but no one played those, so just enjoy the fact that it's a dog with a robot. <laughs> and his robot tail picks spin- things up and throws them. And it's set in I, Tailspin land. I, I think some people would like to play Tail Concerto, but I think that game goes for, like, a ridiculous amount of money. Let's see, it's a PS1 Atlas release that everyone seems to have forgotten. Yeah, I can see that going for a ridiculous Yeah, 200 bucks, easy. <laughs> Ooh... 
Oh boy. Ugly. How, how much is it? How much is that one on eBay? Oh, one twenty. That, that's only factory. One twenty for factory sealed. If you want a used copy, eighty. Hmm. Kind of wish I'd bought a bunch of those copies now and held on to them. They've they've appreciated very nicely. Uh, if I knew then, what I know now. Yeah, uh, you never know. Yeah, I would have bought a bunch of copies of Earthbound too, and wow, I'd make a mint now. But yeah, oh, yeah. Go play Solo to Robo. It's good stuff. Yeah, good times. Yeah, I got the review copy of this, and I back up Scott 100% on this. It's fun stuff. And it it's just about the right length, too. It may be a little long at the end, but it's about it. You, you might break the A button on your DS, though. <laughs> yes, exercise caution. You do not wish to have to go buy a new DS just because you were too over-enthusiastic with that. That's it, really. Fun yeah. little game. Go play it. Exceed will thank you. And there were other games, but I don't think anybody here has played Rune Factory Tides of Destiny. Uh, there's nope. a little salmon by head says, That one's shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I, th- I forgot that you had the little salmon in your head. What does the little salmon in your head say about Atelier Totori? That one's awesome. <laughs> That's all we need, people. All right. We just did a very thorough blast from the recent past. I guess it's time to take another break and go for the final. segment of the show where we just share all of our miscellaneous thoughts read your comments and questions on the air etc etc a big thanks here uh to our various mics and scots that uh helped carry the show while i was taking care of some personal business i appreciate it uh i also appreciate your comments on our forums at board.rpg.com i knew i know you wanted to dump on the the movie version of dr doom and you didn't get the chance in the main event the movie version of doc can't be any worse than the movie version of galactus see he does not warrant a dr doom because he's so stupid in that movie well galactus was a cloud so i don't even know how you make that comparison (laughs) i I think galactus still wins in the stupid movie renditions of marvel villain category um, I I can only hope that Galactus will continue to win for a long time to come. Right, but I'll I'll tell you what wins in the most awesome audience category, and that is post on board.rbgamer.com. We have a forum there. Go to rbgamer.com, click on the forum link on the left to be whisked away to our forums. Uh, head over to our latest update discussions where we're usually talking about the latest RPG backtracks. The latest discussion revolving around episode 109, Leaning Green with an Edge That's Keen, where we talked about some Zelda 
games. Uh, there's this guy who calls himself Wheels on our forums. Never heard of him before. He says uh, Spirit Tracks is the bee's knees because you can train Whistle. And then he put this very disturbing um, cover <laughs> to The Legend of Groose, which looks oddly kind of like The Legend of Zelda, except it's much more disturbing. Hey, the, the rating is still pending. The, rating, the yeah. USRB has no idea what to make of this thing. Uh, <laughs> you need to head over. Uh, if that hair. If, if you do a Google image search for The Legend of Groose, there is more where that came from. And you need you, know, tell you, that. you need to be prepared to be disturbed. Uh, do not do this before bed. You will not be able to go to sleep. Um, Strawberry Eggs Strawberry Egg said that she mixed up Link's upperclassman, Crusade's crush's name, with one of Groose's friends. His name is Beep Beep. Uh, there is no stroke, though she thought she might got the name from Stritch, Groose's trail. I, I don't even know. How do you guys keep up with these details? You guys, this is this is why I, I host this show. I actually host it, but I don't talk. I just listen to you guys because I can never remember this. I played half of these. I can never remember this level of detail. You guys are awesome. The short friend with a crush on Karina is also is named uh, Colwyn. So God bless you guys. Uh, go to Guy says, ah, yes, I did post feedback on the Lagaya episode in the wrong place. Thanks to Pause and JC Servant pointing that out to me. You are correct, JC Servant. That would be me, Phil. Uh, that I'm going through the backlog of our pg backtrack that's awesome you know i think i'm gonna stop right there i am personally you know i do podcast hosting because i love to listen to podcasts i listen to them all day at work and when i find a new podcast i like my first instinct is to go back and listen from the beginning so it's nice to find somebody else who feels the same way he said he skipped around to the ones that he was most interested in and decided to go back and listen to the beginning and go from there that means that he's at number 20 well that that's only about what mike about 90 more to go um yeah yeah we'll probably have a couple more ready by the time he gets to this point he he uh he says uh, after having a decent vibe between assuming he survives the super robot wars episode (laughs) that's a tough one uh well you know what that is that is a test of dedication but there is a reason we are so dedicated to that series. That's right. Um, after having a decent divide between long-form and short-form podcasts, I guess I like the long-form better. Uh, thank you for that feedback because we have had some internal discussions about doing the whether we do those long-form where you just pretty much just all kind of go until we run out steam or the short-form where we have strict time limits and try to stay focused. Um, it's nice to see that uh, there are audience members who agree with our ultimate decision, which was to kind of go in discussion. He said, it makes for better listening during my shifts in a freezer in a retail store. Oh my gosh, I've worked in a freezer before. I do. Every month I have to go do inventory in a freezer. God bless you. I know what it feels like. He says, as a non-Nintendo Zelda person, the biggest thing I got out of the podcast was that I have sorely missed out on some great games. That is our, that's our goal here at RPG Backtrack, right, Mike? Really? Spirit Tracks? Spirit Tracks. <laughs> it is the game you missed out on. Go back and play it right now. Choo-choo! It's pretty fun. It is. It's got trains. Choo-choo! Um, you can pull the train you can, whistle. You can have a whistle that makes it completely <laughs> worth it. He guessed. Clang, clang, clang goes the trolley. Ding, ding, ding goes the bell. Thank you. He says, I guess I would have to take the Ocarina of Time remake only on account of watching Cousin Play a cousin play that a handful of times when we were younger. By the way, one other thing about the podcast, you guys have gotten much better as time's gone along. Keep up the great work. Uh, you know what? I disagree with that one. I've been awesome since the beginning. How about you, Mike? I'm... <laughs> I defer. I, 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 have no I, I think there's this weird like September syndrome with the show where new staffers come in and it kind of, they kind of drag it down sometimes. Yeah, and damn they, newbies. They, they, they learn to catch up. Yeah, newbies. 
Uh, let's see here. He says, by the way, JC Servant, one fill to another. Good thing you spell your name the right way with two L's. I, I, you know, it's funny because you kind of said from one fill to another. If I write the name Phil, I do it with one L. If I write out my full name, my full name is correctly spelled with two L's. As we know, all those people who write it Philip with one L, they're, they're, they're clones and they need to be shot on sight. Um, but now I'm going to get those lawsuits. Um, I thought adding the second letter was the clone thing. Yeah, yeah, that he, yeah, two two else is clone, two, one L is Philip J. Fry, and he's awesome. No, no, he's the clone. You need to shoot him. <laughs> uh, but when you divide it into Phil, and you're just cutting, you know, proper English says when you cut a syllable or cut a word into syllables when there's two consonants together, you divide them down the middle. So the Phil gets cut, and you only the L's get cut in half. And so Phil only has one L, but Philip should have two L's or the person gets shot. That's simple. Um, so thank you. Uh, go to God. We really uh, appreciate your comments. You can write your comments again at board.rpgamer.com. You can shoot them off in the email to Mr. Mike Minky is Albert Odyssey at hotmail.com. And I am JC Servant at rpgamer.com or JC Servant at cyberlightcomics.com. Whichever works for you works for me. We also have a couple of guests on the line. We're going to ask them how their week went. What do they want to share? And if you guys want to share your email addresses so people can write to you, you can do that as well. We're going to start off with the ever popular, ever famous. Ever so charismatic, Michael Apps. I finished Valhalla Nice Three. Oh, God bless you! And you're still walking. Are you walking like crooked or limping? Or I saw that you posted on Twitter the deletion of that file. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> and how many hours did you sacrifice to this concoction? Um, I no longer have the save to double check. Probably what? about thirty. Now, now, did your device immediately start playing Beethoven's Ninth when you started the delete, or was it when it finally <laughs> finished recycling that it started? Wow. Uh, immediately upon deleting. Oh, my God. But you, but you can't purge it from your mind quite yet because you still have to write a review, I understand. I do, and it's... I, I, I kind of put it off for a few days because... Um... It was really boring. Well, let's get the let's get the grist out of the way first. How does it compare to Moodgen Souls? Um, it wasn't like offensively terrible like Moodgen Souls was. Like you know, a completely broken game, uh, just awful on all technical levels like Moodgen Souls was. It was just really tedious and boring. Hey, you know, let's go back a little bit. You mentioned you mentioned something about um, the game being really tedious and boring. By that, do you mean it was super yes. exciting and awesome? No, what I mean by <laughs> no, that no, no. was... No, no, no. Uh, Mike, Mike, Phil has clearly just entered Bizarro Realm, so let's respond to him in that way. <laughs> okay, so, of course it was exciting. Oh, cool, Because, cool. you know, instead of, instead of engaging story missions, what we want is story missions that involve going to one of the very small number of locations in a game, killing a few dudes, and then having to grind for, you know, three hours or so to be able to um, be strong enough to tackle the next mission. And then, of course, you know, having a party for a whole game and, you know, advancing them and developing them. You know, who wants that? What we really want is halfway through the game to remove three forced story characters and make you grind up three other ones, you know. Well, yeah. Assuming, yeah assuming you didn't have a rotating cast of 
custom creepy characters from the start. <sighs> well, we're still Me in bizarre. Glad to hear world. this. Me am by right now. <laughs> uh, why do they keep making these Von Hollen Knights craps? Why do they keep doing that? I, I thought you were in Bizarro World, Phil. I mean, why do they uh, keep it, making I, these masterpieces? I mean, yeah, what's up with that? I know, right? Yeah. It's just such a wonderful game where it's got this awesome prison setting where it never actually feels like a prison setting because you just wander around the small number of locations like, heck, this isn't a prison at all. And, you know, who wants real mini-games when you can have really dumb, you know, sexy-time mini-games that use the touchscreen? Ooh, I like sexy-time. Everyone time. loves some smut, right? Yeah, yeah, sexy-time is awesome. Guys, it, as, Sex as of, sells. It, well, Hollow Knights 3 sold 65,000 copies, which is a series record. No. Okay, that's, no. that's disturbing. I mean, that's exciting. Are we still in Bizarro World? You're right. That's exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I guess that means that's why we got, we're getting, sorry, not got, we're getting Valhalla Nice 3 Gold. All right. Well, gold, gold is nice and shiny and valuable. That yeah. inherently means it will become much better. I agree. Shiny, bright, well, beautiful. Maybe that. Maybe that will resolve the ending where your creative character dies and becomes the host for some sort of death god or something. I don't know. Hmm. My my brain is trying to actively delete any memory of that game story, which is pretty easy because there wasn't very much of it. Well, who wants story to get in the way of uh, pounding away at the same handful of enemies over and over again? I know, right? So well, at least the. At least the game was kind enough to give me, you know, mass attack spells so I can just go and spam them and save myself a little bit of trouble. Mm. So, uh, what else? It's getting a 1 out of 5. It's getting a, like a 1 out of 5 <laughs> as in 1 times 5 out of 5? Sure. Okay, cool. No, a 1 plus 5 out of 5. Oh, okay, got it. 1 plus 5 out of 5. All right. So what else is new? Uh, that, let me see. I've been playing some Splinter Cell games. Um, the new one's pretty fun. Uh, a lot of people seem to ignore it because it, there seems to be this impression that it kind of bombed, even though it actually sold better than Convictions. But it's pretty fun, you know, except for the fact that they're on the Wii U version. There are exactly zero other people playing online. Which would be somewhere between five and seven. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, that—that's the entire install base for the Wii U. Got it. Yes. You—you you know, yeah. I'm kind of like a spoiled brat because I don't have any kids. I'm kind of in my middle years. I've got some disposable income, and yet even I have not rushed out to it's buy okay the to Wii just U. Just say you're a dink. I am. I'm a dink. And and yet I, you know, I saw some of the good. You know, everyone's praising Mario 3D something something something. It's Cat. it's a great system. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? It's, it's a great system that I highly recommend. That that but apparently no, zero no people, listening. no one's listening, and um, I just I can't get myself to do it. I just can't. Yeah. Can't pull the well, trigger. In addition to that, I can't remember if I talked about this the last time I, on the Zelda episode, but I like burned through The Last of Us over Christmas break, and that was a awesome yet depressing good time um you know i've seen a lot of sites uh now that they're coming out with their game of the years give that one that honor 
Yeah, I mean, normally, normally I'm pretty like sarcastic about you know shootery type games getting game of the year awards, but in this case, it is deserving. No, it was, they're hacks. They're wrong. It was no, it was that good. It no, was that good. No. Yes. No. So I'm sensing a dissenting opinion. I would guess yeah. so. Okay. Did you play The Last of Us? Yes. All of it? Yeah. What didn't you like? Hold on, hold on. Let me well, let me set really the, like... let me set this up proper. Michael Apps versus Scott Walker fight. Okay. Now I'm I'm. They seem to have this weird misapprehension about how you make an animated movie. You don't put this awkward, annoying, terrible stealth sequence as your DVD menu between scenes. <laughs> what awkward, awful stealth sequence are you talking about? All of them. Um. <laughs> uh... I experienced no such awkward stealth sequences. They were all quite good, and in the instances where I was an idiot and alerted all my enemies, um, no, you you only have to alert fun. one enemy, and you only have to alert one enemy, and they all know. They all do. Oh, that's and generally you can't the shake case them. In games. No, no, not the good ones. You can, you can, no, you can shake the human guys. Yeah. Well, but you can't shake the zombies, which makes a great deal of sense. Well, in in all fairness, most of the game is fighting against humans. Or at least a good percentage of it. And besides, the zombies are really easy to stealth, anyway. Especially the uh, infamous clickers, which can't see, so that's pretty good. I, I wish I had, like, a super informed opinion here. All I can tell you is that... <laughs> so I was at my folks' house, and we had got them on PlayStation 3 for Christmas, and my mother is a huge... Uh, what's that zombie show? A la- not la- that Last of Us is a game. What's the zombie show called that everyone loves? Uh, apocalyptic zombie show. You guys know what it is. Come on, somebody knows what this damn... Yeah, the, the Boring Dead, yes. Thank you, thank you. Something dead. Wherein being completely reasonable is the surest way to get you killed. Right, so my mom loves kind of like that type of show and stuff like that. So um, so she's like, hey, do you have... When I got the PlayStation 3 for them for Christmas, she's like, well, you know a lot about games. Do you know anything like this? I say, oh yeah, Last of Us. It actually comes with the system nowadays. It came with the new system. So she's like, can you play it for me? I only... So we start off on, I'm like, okay, I've never played it before. I've got it at home. I never got around to it. It's in the backlog. And I'm like, yeah, sure, Mom. Let's sit down, and she'll watch me, and Dad will watch me, and we'll, we'll just go through this together like a show. And it was, and we got through like three hours or so, and then I, yeah, and like you said, I don't even think we fought, uh, fought a lot of zombies. It ended up being a lot of, at least for the first three hours, this is not a definitive review or opinion or anything like that, but there was a lot of humans. Um, it kind of is apparent. You, you know, they're all shooting at you for some reason. Anyway, Anyways, got to this one part. This is where I stopped. Was when I got to this one part where it was it became where normally I like to run and gun, you know, especially when you say zombies are kind of stupid and slow, so I should be able to run and gun through them. Well, did that through you know once you got outside the city, and I got my ass kicked because there's like twelve humans who, like you said, you alert one, they miraculously all know they're there and know that I'm there, and they all start shooting at me. And I kind of suck at the whole Metal Gear Solid stealth thing. I just don't have the patience. Um, so, yeah, I stopped there. So, I, I don't know. But it is getting a lot of great game. I mean, to the contrary, a lot of great game of the year rewards. So, God bless them because they did something. Yeah, no, I, great, I will, it's, I will it's say that the gameplay game. does have some good texture. But um, it, it seems to not want this to be the story to be about us. It's about them telling me what they think. <laughs> telling me what they think. The what? last of what we think. Yeah, it's it's a great game. It's not 
meant to be inter... Like, I don't know what exactly expected from the game. So, uh, what else? Anything else? Um, uh, I think that's it. Alrighty. So we pass the spotlight onto the one, the unique, the almighty, the all-knowing, the all-seeing, Scott Wakamater. So speaking of disappointing superhero game sequels, I beat Arkham Origins. Arkham. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've not heard too many was, good things that about that. Painfully disappointing. How how did you? I mean, I've read I've read the reviews uh, and the such, but how did you find it disappointing? Well, um, yeah, it's very clear that the uh, that I was getting in the way of the cool cutscene they wanted to animate for all the boss fights because the second you step out of uh, the the pattern they want you to play, and they just kill you. Ooh. They really do, and. Here, here's here's a point I think Mark Hamill brought up in an interview fairly recently. Uh, of the entire DC animated universe, the Joker's only in about 20 episodes and two movies. Like, the entire breadth of five TV series and a whole pile of movies. The Joker is a seasonal flavor, guys. He doesn't have to be in every freaking game. Look, get out. No, now that's sacrilege. Hold on, yeah. I gotta find out how to hang up this call and get you off my show. Oh, damn, I forgot how to do that. It does not have to be the central focus. You could Phil, have done something Phil, interesting. It's okay, Phil. We have we have freed your family members from the Joker's clutches. Oh. You can say whatever you want oh, now. Oh, thank God. All right, yeah, you're right. Joker doesn't have to be in everything. So what else? Um, hmm. You can't interrupt your own combos to counter anymore, so you'll get beat about the head with, bore, with uh, you know, baseball bats purely by the fact that you're punching someone else. That's annoying. That's a shame because, I mean, yeah, I've been playing through Arkham Asylum, and that's what's kind of the fun thing about it, is that the combos just follow. They just flow so freely. You know, it just feels like a rhythm. You get into it, and it's very satisfying. The way Batman yeah. should feel. Satisfying. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's loads of invisible walls all around the city because uh, they can't render all that many polys and they can't come up with a decent uh, setting contrivance to br- break it off the way uh, Arkham City did. Um, uh, the Riddler created an environment, I don't know. Yeah, no, there, there's just invisible walls and it's dumb. Uh, the new Riddler puzzle system is terrible. Like, you'll just get to an area, and you'll see triggers and buttons, and you'll just stare completely baffled as to how exactly you're supposed to engage with it, and then just leave and not bother collecting things. Did it do anything right? Troy Baker does a decent Mark Hamill impression, but I think I'd rather have heard Troy Baker's Joker. I did actually like um, the uh, crime scene recreation thing. Like, there's a new mechanic for detective mode where you can recreate a crime scene and, like, play it back uh, CSI style. Like, there's a fast-forward... The, the investigation's actually pretty good. Well, Rachel Gould does constantly call him detective. I would expect to see that in some game sometime. Yeah, but it's only in the side missions. I always thought... That is one thing about Arkham Asylum I thought was a little silly was the bat vision. Like, oh, okay, all the clues just light up. Really cool. Well, that's just how that's awesome bat- Batman he's is, just, He's just that awesome. Batman just sees it, and you, the player, need help to catch up to Batman. 
<laughs> but it does kind of not reward you for not having it on all the time. Like it punishes you for well, I, not being a detective mode I was, at all times. Right, right. I was kind of torn because on one hand the graphics are really cool, so I want to leave it turned off. But on the other hand, I don't want to miss any clues or Joker teeth or whatever, so I'm leaving it turned on. But in that mode, everything's kind of monochrome or something. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's it's also all the doors in Gotham City are like nine feet tall. All the doors. Well, people are Harlem Grove trailers come to town. People are getting taller. Yeah, like you, you look at the environments and you're like, so if if we're if we're to believe that Bruce Wayne is somewhere in the six the high five foot low six foot range for height, then everything around here is at least ten feet tall. Six to ten feet, you mean Bruce Wayne? Six to ten feet, somewhere in that range. Yeah, everything's just massive for some reason. Hmm. So what else have you been playing or doing for RP Gamer or anything else uh, that's game related in some well, way, shape, or form? Uh, there's, a, there's a few text reviews coming up for the site. Um, XCOM Enemy Within is going to score pretty high. Not sure exactly did, how high did yet. Did we do I, the first X, the, the original game, the XCOM Enemy Unknown? Uh, um, the guy in charge of it kind of put it aside and never got back to it. Uh, I was just saying, I don't remember seeing it. It might have been Quinn. It might have been Quinn. Like, there, were, there was some debate as it was leading up to release as to whether or not we should. And then we all got the demo. It's like, we should do a review for this. And then no one actually finished it. <laughs> so what's, what's new in the new version of it? Uh, there's all the, DL, all the previously released DLC. So uh, Slingshot and all the cosmetic bits. Plus a brand new side story where you deal with a uh, human terrorist organization that also wants crazy alien technology. So you play oh, Captain sounds, the Flag against them. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, no, there's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, they also did something that I think was really awesome and kind of bugged me in the original incarnation. They brought in all the dub tracks from uh, the European release. So huh. you can set it up so that all your recruits from Germany speak German in the field. <laughs> like, uh, so you can, like, all the languages can start to correspond except for uh, Asia. Hmm. It, it was a neat touch. I liked it. That's pretty cool. And uh, other things for the site is um, we, we've got something semi-secret rolling. Uh, just uh, if if you're enjoying the, uh, the the RP Gamer family of podcasts, is about to have a new member that uh, I'm, I'm really happy with how it's turning out. Good to hear. That that site, that uh, disclaimer on the disclaimer's site. Disclaimer's been there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, yeah, just say it. Has nothing to do with that, but it could, no, sort of. It, it, it might be related to that little corner, <laughs> that little thing in the sidebar that's been there forever. And, of course, the bar it has to leap over of being better than the Sanctum is very low, but I think you'll comfortably make it. Yeah, I mean, that bar's not much. I'm Really, the bar is just, you know, can I be better than Chris? That is a higher bar. It is a higher bar. I'm not saying how high it is. So, anything else, Mr. Walker? No, that's about it. Okay. Mr. Minky. This morning, I got the wonderful news that Ghostlight, the the lovely company which has ported Agarest to Steam, was able to take my save file go through the part that crashed 11 times in a row for me and give me the save file after getting through that. So I am now able to play Agarest again. Wait, wait, so the company that, the actual company itself came in and fixed your save file? 
Phil, when it crashes 11 times in a row at the same place, I know I can't get past it. Wow, that is amazing, Mickey. You've got some pull. Uh, yeah, just think of how lucky that makes me. Hmm. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I have nothing fresh to say about Agarest. I will, I will find an occasion to vent fully on that game, possibly in more than one medium in the future. Uh, I am almost done with Arc Lad Twilight of the Spirits, which continues to be a good game. It has a few silly spots. I somehow doubt that anyone who has wings powerful enough to f- let him fly would just be able to get up and walk around, co- mm, what is that, 15 minutes after those wings were pulled off of him forcibly? That just seems a little far-fetched to me. But I do enjoy the game. It's an interesting take on tactical games that is pretty much forgotten now and doesn't deserve to be. Uh, I've played a little bit more of Front Mission 2089, not much more, just enough to say that, uh, yeah, if you enjoyed Front Mission first, you should give this a shot, even though it is in Japanese, because Front Mission menus are very import-friendly, and you can figure out what's going on without too much effort. And I need to tell everyone, go see The Wolf of Wall Street. Just, Just go do it. You owe it to yourself to see what might just be the funniest money V of 2013, and, yeah, I, I see that Leo DiCaprio got a Golden Globe. Ooh, ah. Hey, he, he got a Golden Gro- Globe going up against Idris Elba for playing Mandela the year Mandela died. That takes some chops. I didn't realize it. See, the Golden Globes break it between dramas and comedies, musicals, and Wolf of Wall Street was in the comedy musical category for some reason. That was That's weird. <laughs> it is a really, really funny movie, but... You wouldn't think a Scorsese movie would be in the comedy category. And, uh, yeah, who was it? I think Michael Douglas got Best Dramatic Actor. But no, I don't remember right now. See, I didn't watch the thing. I just looked at the results the next day because I don't feel like spending three hours watching everybody in their pretty gowns and awesome tuxedos marching around. But it's got Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I'm going to catch and those highlights on my own. Drunk. Everyone was drunk. Because Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were in there for, what, 15 minutes total? I think it was more than that. I hope so, because those two are funny. And apparently Jacqueline Bissett had a very strange speech that she uttered, which I suppose I should watch sometime if I want to be weirded out. Uh, And yeah, I I saw Frozen. Frozen's pretty darn good. It's a personal opinion, but I would have liked to see more with the, the sister who's actually got the ice abilities than the sister who is trying to stop her sister with the ice abilities from unleashing winter, but I can't really gainsay the script now. And if you like animated Disney stuff, then this is a good one. Not a great one, but a good one. And, yeah, I'll give a couple of shout-outs to older stuff, too, because I just do that. Everybody should go see It's Trad, Dad! Also known as Ring-A-Ding Rhythm, which is an early Richard Lester item, and it's pretty much wall-to-wall music, and the plot when it does show up is actually pretty funny. And that's impressive, because I usually hate 60s movies. And everybody should go see My Favorite Year because Peter O'Toole was a funny, funny man. And this is the second time I've seen it. It worked a hell of a lot better this time. And just see it if you want him recreating in a very thinly veiled take on Errol Flynn's appearance on a talk show in the early 50s or on the late night show. And really, that should be enough. If you have any idea what that would be like, it will live up to your expectations, I think. Oh, and I watched the original version of Solaris which is Russian Russian and very, very slow-moving. It well, takes 45 minutes to get to Solaris. Yeah, that, well, that, that's what I meant when I said Russian. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
if you like shots that just linger for a long time and it, it has some good ideas. I don't hate it at all. I just think that maybe pruning an hour out of it would have been a good idea. No, it's Russian. You can't do anything fast for in Russian entertainment. Never. Yeah, that pretty much fits with, uh, what was that stupid thing? Um, Russian Ark, the thing that was filmed in the St. Petersburg Museum in one single take. There's not much of a story to it, and because it's filmed in one take, not much can happen quickly, but as interesting as a technical exercise. I mean, if you ever wanted to see, here's a movie filmed in a museum in exactly one take. Well, how will they do it? This is how. What a recommendation that is, huh? I guess I'll pass the mic to Phil. Sorry, just haven't been watching too many movies lately. Um, but I know you love to watch Russian movies, Phil. Yeah, I can barely get around to the American ones. Uh <laughs> So someone was like, "Have you seen Blade Runner?" No. Uh, Do they are they allowed to have movies in Utah? Don't you have to stay out after ten to really watch one now? Something. Um, I'm gonna be a little all over the board. I hear people smoking those. I don't think that's allowed in Utah. Yeah. Be a lot. They drink. They drink coffee too. That's also not allowed in Utah. Um. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. There you go. I shouldn't tell. I just drank a whole glass of vodka. Um. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little all over the board uh, this evening, just to my news and updates or whatever. I haven't really been focusing necessarily on one thing, but rather been kind of taking a shotgun approach lately. So I got Manga Studio EX Five. Uh, for those of you who keep up with my Twitter feed, I did drawing way back in the day. I've been kind of getting back into that. And if you follow my Twitter feed, twitter.com forward slash jcservant, every time I do one of my little pictures in Manga Studio EX5, I also got a tablet from a friend, a Wacom tablet. So I've been practicing the idea of drawing on a tablet where you're staring at the screen. That's really kind of different when for years you've just been drawing on a piece of paper. Um, you can kind of see some of the things that I'm working on there. Uh, also got my Bandai Tamashi Nations D Arts Elizabeth action figure from Persona 4. Um, and uh, that was, I bought, I had pre ordered that many, many months ago thanks to an article written by our very own Emmanuel Marino. Let's see how I can slaughter his name. Um, he had written something in RP Gamer um, showing how cool this figure, oh, darn pop ups. Anyway, showing how cool this figure was. And I decided to go and Russian pre-order on Amazon. I had totally forgotten I had done it. And next thing you know, I got a little email saying, hey, you've been charged. And uh, it looks, she looks really, really great. I've got a number of figures. I got a case behind my computer. I'll take some pictures one day and upload to the forums. But uh, we put together a cheap IKEA forum, uh, cheap forum, a cheap uh, display cabinet. And and it's like five, six feet. T- it's got to be six feet tall because it's taller than me. Funny thing is, it looks like the Leaning Tower of Pizza. And the doors don't line up. But somehow it's wait, still standing, and it holds all the figures. Wait, pizza or pizza? Well, whatever. You know... If you made a tower out of pizza, it would probably not... That's probably why it's there. crooked. I've got my... I've got some Transformer figures in there, Megatron standing in there, Optimus Prime won't quite fit in there. I've got Lightning and her... And the other character from Final Fantasy XIII, whose name escapes me at the moment, I got Lara Croft. I've got a huge crystal dragon that I got from uh, Disney before I left uh, Florida, because I worked there for about seven and a half years. And now I've got Elizabeth sitting in there. She looks mighty impressive, so go Persona figures... Uh, thank you, Manuel, for um, for that article, and that's what's really cool about RP Gamer. You can get um, you know, it's really cool because it's got articles by RP Gamers and fans and the such. I play the Bravely Default demo, and I'm happy to report I actually beat something. I beat the demo. Ah, took like three or four or five hours. Go. Yeah, kind of got that whole Farmville thing built into it, where you gotta check in on your town once in a while and. 
sent somebody to go build something else. That's kind of silly. But um, but the actual, I mean, it feels like Final Fantasy V Part II, uh, which is quite appealing. It, it feels a little, uh, tighter than Final Fantasy V, uh, at least the demo did, as far as mechanics of so different classes. Um, that's pretty cool. The characters turn into different outfits. They turn into classes. That's pretty neat. Um, graphics are better in Final Fantasy V, but you think they could be a little bit better on the 3DS as far as the detail and the outfits go and the such. Little Town's pretty cool from a distance, though, that you're um, that you're doing all the quests from and what have you. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty much just a quest uh, quest fetch to kind of show off what, I guess, some of the game mechanics and dungeons kind of look like and such. The gameplay was uh, pretty, pretty tight. If you're not paying attention to some of those boss encounters, we'll definitely wipe the floor with you. You gotta pay attention to the hints and stuff. Um, so very neat. Unfortunately, the collector's edition already sold out, so couldn't get. I got stuck with default, brave vault. Ha, default. Who comes up with these names? I don't know. Oh, uh, probably a blind monkey with a random button on Wiktionary. Yeah, right. Bravely. Oh, we need another word. Brave something. Yeah. So, um, I've uh, Scott might be happy to hear this because I know every once in a while Scott and I, I think it's Scott. Like I said, whole glass of vodka tonight. Um, we sometimes have lively discussion on RPGs. You'll probably be, if it's you, you'll be happy to hear that I've been dipping my toe in a different system lately. Uh, I've been playing Pathfinder for Are a year. Are you rushing forth to the edges, the very edges of that D20 fantasy field? No, find I, some 13th age? I'm actually stepping over the D20 line into a realm oh, where they use other-sided dice other than the 20-sided one. Uh, so for years, I'm still playing. I, I hear if you do that, they, the F20 police come and uh, beat you and break your kneecaps and well uh, place all your books with the and i'm hoping food. i'm hoping that my monday group which uh which is our um, reign of winter group we love that we're having a great time there i'm hoping they're not listening to my heresy here but um but yes i uh, i'm running uh i'm helping to run a convention here in a couple of days here in salt lake and um, I'm not actually going to be running games. I'm going to be doing most of the administrative work, which means I'll have some small, you know, gaps of time in between. And I was opening up all the giveaways we're giving away. We ordered from Amazon, and it came to my my place of employment. So I'm opening it all up, making sure it's all there. And uh, one of the things that one of the organizers had ordered was some uh, Savage Worlds books. So I start reading through those, and I have to say I'm intrigued. You know, it just kind of strips away. I mean, Pathfinder is a very complicated game. Uh, you feel like you had to go to Cornell University just to build a fight or, um, or teach somebody how to do combat. It's it's pretty intimidating to get a new player into, especially. I've, I've tried it quite a number of times, and sometimes successfully, a lot of times not, because it, it is so so huge. The core rulebook in Pathfinder is over 500 pages, nearly 600 pages, so that kind of tells you it can be a little intimidating. Um, Savage Worlds, by contrast, the thing's like 160 pages, <laughs> and 10 of those is advertisements. So, um, uh, I mean, they really just give you what you need to know. Um, it's very, very straight and to the point. Um, and there's not a lot of extra fluff there. There's not 15 pages of classes or anything. You've got your skills that you pick from, um, your five attributes and then your skills, and then basically their version of feats. And, um, and it's a lot less choices in Pathfinder, which in a way is a good thing for new players because I ever show them the feat list. Yeah, you're a fighter. Now you get to pick, uh, you know, feet, you're a human. Here's an extra feat. You're a fighter. Here's another third feat. You gotta pick three feats from this list of like 800. Um, also you have to decide exactly what weapon you want to use. Exactly. For the rest of the, for the game. Rest of the game. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, you gotta build it. You gotta pick the archetype, and, and here's all the advantages and disadvantages. Well, no, in this game, it's pretty much, hey, I'm melee, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take some points in melee, and that means I can use any melee weapon. It works great. Um, so it seems very, very interesting, um, very, very straight into the point, and I can't wait to try it out at the at the con. As a GM, I, I primarily GM, and uh, that's my love and my passion. I love writing stories and coming up with plot devices and thrusting players into it. And I appreciate their approach that they take in the the game mastery section of saying, hey, you know what? We got simplified rules. We got simplified. It's not so simplified that you feel like you're playing a board game. There's There's still choices in leveling up and things like that. And there's enough choices there where you can make the standard tropes, the cleric, the fighter, you know, that sort of thing and still, you know, feel like there's substantial difference between each how how each of those handle and such. But uh, but there's not so many choices that's going to overwhelm you. There's not so many rules that you're going to spend 45 minutes every combat. And that helps you as a GM to focus on what you probably like doing, which is telling a story and setting the stage and helping the players to shine. So I'm excited. I'm going to give it a shot. Going to gonna, gonna drink the Kool-Aid on the other side of the grass and see how it taste so um very excited about that so you go all the way to savage worlds but you stop at fantasy uh ah. well i think i'm gonna demo a fantasy scenario and like a um a stargate i'm a big fan of stargate sg1 uh and there's rules in there for things like hand grenades machine guns and stuff in the core rule book without me having to emperor i don't want to start you know one of the flex one of the cool things about savage worlds you probably know is that is that you can come as a gm you can you can think about any setting that you want and you can you can make that work in savage worlds with with very little problem because it's so you know it's so fundamental it's so basic it's easy to fit what you want into it and superheroes to apocalyptic settings to steampunk or whatever have you you're easily going to be able to fit this in and just reflavor some of the text and it's just going to work really good that's the flexibility of the system you can't do that with pathfinder um but i i need to play the core system you know a few times first before i start you know you know start painting my own picture i need to play with the canvas so uh we'll do some of the demos in there i'll do a fantasy because that's the one thing i know and i can improvise fantasy really well if players turn left instead of right i can do that in my sleep but i'll probably try something like a stargate sg1 or a military scenario or something like that um and see how the grenades and the machine guns and see how that feels well when in doubt mooks just roll d6s for everything and the guy in charge gets a d10 yeah for all the good yeah that, that's what makes it so skills. that's what makes it so cool i i think i think what i really like yeah you're right Scott, I've read through it, and that's exactly how they tell you to do it. And I and I think what's cool is, in, I mean, a lot of their philosophy and their approach, in all honesty, between you and me and nobody else who's listening to this podcast, right? Um, that's pretty much what I do in Pathfinder a lot of times. When the players go left instead of right, or I just didn't have enough time to prep, or whatever the deal may be, I've already got some values in my head of what makes the standard MOOC, and um, I abstractualize the hit points. I'm not sitting there keeping track of 12 goblins, individual hit points. I'm thinking, this one's pretty much dead. I put little marker on him you know he got hit once so the way they approach it is very much what i have done in being a pathfinder gm for a number of years now um their gameplay design approach is already you know what i'm kind of doing as far as the monsters and the, the gm side of it goes now the question is will the players appreciate that approach certainly new players could certainly get into this much using pathfinder but convincing pathfinder players hey you're used to 13 archetype choices and 800 feats and 1200 spells i want you to take a look at this book here it's only got like 80 spells and 40 feats and that that might be a little bit of a harder sell but if you can convince them hey yeah, just throw a setting book in there that'll double all of it and yeah th- that's enough to play with to start there you go um so yeah yeah we'll check it out um i'm excited we'll see how it goes and we'll report in so 
Um, haven't had too, too, too much time to play games. Still playing through Shimigami Tensei Strange Journey. We're on year two of that one now. But I'm at that final long-ass dungeon that everyone says is like eight times longer than it needs to be. So I've mentally prepared myself for that and start at the very long process of just exploring one one part of the dungeon. It deliberately splits up into three different ways. Um, near the beginning of it, it's the Firefox one or whatever it's called. Firefix. Starts with an F. Um, and so it's, you fight this one boss, uh, took him on with not too much problem. And now I've got three different paths in front of me. When I went down the left path, it just, it in and of itself leaves into an entire four or five level dungeon. So I'm afraid to even go through the middle of the right one yet until I've finished exploring the left path. Um, lots of holes, lots of teleporters, lots of damage tiles. You can tell it's going to be a time consuming venture. So one day, one day I will beat strange journey. Mark my words. Hmm. Um, Every step along your path will eventually take you to the destination. I'm telling you, it's like 45 hours. There's an IGN special, because um, we know IGN is the source to go to for everything. And they've got a video about 23 or 26 ways you know you're you're an older gamer or something along those lines. And there's these two guys having a conversation, and they're like, man, I don't pwn on Call of Duty. You know, they're like saying things that old, you know. The scary thing is, like, like one of them says, I, you know, I, I went through and organized all of my games. I took them out of their case and I put them in sleeves and organize them in alphabetical order. And I'm like, oh crap, I did that just a year ago. I must be getting old too. <laughs> it's so funny because half the stuff they're mentioning I've actually done is like one of those things where you think, well, it must be because I'm weird. Apparently it's what all of us gapers do when we get older, at least some majority of us. They're poking fun at it. Um, I don't even know how I got off on that. We were talking about games or something. Oh, but they were saying, yeah, and I'm so excited. I actually beat a game. And uh, and I so much appreciate games that are just like short and to the point and give you that gameplay experience in six to nine hours and keep it, you know, keep it focused. And I'm like, oh, crap, that was that's been me all year. All the games I beat are like under 12 hours, like Uncharted, you know, that are focused in these 45, you know, these 80 hour RPGs like uh, Strange Journey. I'm like on year two. I'm marking down the months. I'm literally on the second year of gameplay. <laughs> Man, I must be getting old. All right. Well. Now that that's uh, now everyone's thinking about that on the podcast, like, oh, damn, it feels right. We're all. Uh, I'm going to tell you while they're thinking about that. RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. You want to check it out, RPGamer.com. You can head to Facebook.com forward slash RPGamer or Twitter.com forward slash RPGamer and keep up with all of our newest um, things that are happening. You can follow me again at Twitter.com forward slash JCServant um, and uh, you can email us, JCServant RPGamer.com. Odyssey at hotmail.com. We're happy to take your emails, read them on the air, answer your questions. Go to iTunes. You can find us on there. Leave us six star reviews because five stars just isn't enough for us. We're greedy. Um, and I think that's about it. Mr. 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 Scott, Mr. Michael, Mr. Mike. Appreciate y'all being here. And uh, thank y'all for listening. Mr. Mike, do you have some sweet words to put us to bed this evening? In Ultimate Alliance 1, your characters begin a sentence to Spider-Man by saying, you have great power, and with great power must also come... Spider-Man finishes. If you finish that sentence, I'm going to put so much web in your hair, you'll have to shave your head. 